for a 32-year-old virgin with tenure. Okay. I was a 27-year-old bisexual active, bisexually active graduate student. I met because I was involved in student government and I found myself being asked to interview to be on a search committee for the president of the university. So I was standing with my almost ex-girlfriend and I had this letter that I had to go and meet these guys for an interview. They said, look, if you're gonna get on this big shot committee, you need to be who you are. You can't kiss ass, you can't just pretend that you love the man, you have to really be yourself. We were in this radical feminist co-op, I was in a radical feminist department, all my friends were lesbian feminists, and that's who I was, I was home, I was comfortable. So I said, you're right, you know, I gotta do it. So I go to the interview, and I was wearing um, long johns, boots, didn't do anything for myself, just show up. So I'm standing in the engineering building, waiting for these guys to show up. Our first words to each other. To my back, Leah Haravon, it's nice to finally meet you. Me, which one are you? Not even turning around. He, I'm the good looking one. <laughs> I turned around, I didn't agree. <laughs> without admitting it, that he came right back at me with something. I wasn't used to that. Usually I was pretty good at giving it. He didn't miss a beat, said this to me. Two hours after our 20 minute interview, I left feeling a little buttery. I didn't really know why. Um, and I was gonna have dinner with a friend and I realized I couldn't talk about this because I didn't know what was going on with this old guy, but I certainly couldn't share it with my community, my home. So these two worlds started to develop in my life. I had my community, my home, my politics, but I was talking to this guy a lot. And we would walk and have conversations and discuss, and finally it kind of came out like, should we like sort of be together because we hate this loser? And we weren't sure, and it turned out that in every way, almost, that one can be different, we were. Religion, Catholic Jew, culture, Midwest, New York, politics, I probably don't have to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and we were sort of debating about this, and at one point I said to him, you know, I, I don't think this is really gonna work, because I'm, I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm kinda like, I'm short. And I'm, I was really self-conscious about it. And I said, I have a height requirement for men and <laughs> you don't meet it. You're tall, you're six feet tall. And he said, you know, I've been thinking about that too. I think you're right because I also have a height requirement for women. I do. I love short women. I really like short women and you're not cute. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of how the relationship was going. Um, things got a little more serious and I knew I had to tell at least one of my friends in my community what was going on. So I, we went out to Yenching, Chinese food. I said, look, Rita, I know you know I've been talking about this guy Steve. I, I really kind of like him, we're really different, but there's
there's something there in the different that's really fun for me and I enjoy it and I, I feel respected. And she said, I'm, I'm really worried about you. <laughs> You're changing. I'm worried about what's happening because you used to be so critical and radical and now you're hanging out with this. He would call himself when we were debating about who we should date. He said to me, of course you don't want to date me. I'm a dead white male. And so that's kind of what I started talking. But if, if you don't get the reference, at that time the canon was like, we hated gay lawyer David Darwin and Shakespeare. We hated them all. And he, you know, as an engineer, a scientist, you know, tall, skinny, bald guy. He was out. So I left Yanqing. It wasn't so good. I, I tried doing early work. I didn't, so slowly the community started kind of like leaving me. Um, and I was still in these two worlds trying to figure this out. Uh, one night on his birthday, we were sitting in a hot tub at Mercer's, which is what we do. So fun. And then we were going to go to my house and have ice cream sundaes in my apartment. And I said to him, sitting in the hot tub, you know, there's, I kind of want to know, but I'm afraid to know your opinion about same-sex marriage. Now, all of you know I wasn't really asking him to tell me this, right? But he's a scientist. He's a very direct person. He sort of heard a question in there, so he said, without missing a beat, And that's when I really felt like my world was changing. I had been weaned on all this feminism. I had dragged this man into every dyke function in Mastodon. <laughs> I made him read the Scum Manifesto. And for those of you who don't know what the Scum Manifesto is, it is a book called The Society to Cut Up. So he knew exactly who I was. And he wasn't afraid to be exactly who he was. We got out of the hot tub. It was really awkward. We were sitting in front of my apartment in his car. He said to me, look, I know you're upset. I know that you may not want to see or talk to me for days, weeks, maybe ever. I'm ashamed. And I said, I'm real upset. I don't know what to do with this. I don't understand what happened to my world. But it's your birthday. We're going to have these Sundays. We're going to be together tonight. And I don't know what to do with this. So you date me. We broke up a lot over those years. We broke up almost as many times as he proposed to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of how it was going. Horrible breakup. I was walking downtown and crossing Market Street, and it was raining, and I was sad. And yes, I am one of these people who actually got the better of me. So I crossed Market, and it was, of course, a full bus, and it went over my foot, into my tailbone. I was scared um, on the ground. Who shows up at the ER? Who brings me? We've broken up brings me home, helps me to the bathroom, does everything. The one person I called was Rita. 
the Yenching lady. I got a card for her. About a month later, I called her and I said, basically, we've been said, you know what? I didn't do it. I went to the ER to see you. And they said to me, we can only have family right now. And she saw Steve in there. And she said, what about him? And they said, that, he, he came in and told us that he is her fiance. Now, for those of you who don't know, in the 90s, a girl couldn't go see a girl with that excuse. That was not something that could happen. And Rita said, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I could not handle that heterosexual privilege. I couldn't see you. I'll mess you up. And I got it. I mean, politically, I got that. And I get that the personal is political, but there was something else going on, too. So, we... We broke up many times, still wasn't sure what to do. Finally, went to talk to my dad. Said, Dad, here all the ways are different. He really wants to marry me. I have no idea what to do. I was the kind of person, I would go to Hallmark stores and like read the wedding cards to understand how and why people get married. <laughs> <laughs> I never wanted to get married, let alone to a man. And I would just sit there and be like, forever, and you know, and the flowers, what does it all mean? I didn't understand. My dad said, look, I know you. Even if you were aligned on all these things with him, you would still find something to worry about. When you find happiness, grab it. And my parents, on their wedding anniversary, they would send each other flowers. And they would write little cards. And what they would always quote this old French folk song. My parents are from Romania, they're immigrants. And the, the French song says something like, love is forged, love is created, brick by brick and heart by heart. And every year they would send these little cards that would say in Romanian, another brick. And that was how they thought they were so Steve and I are debating, should marry, marry not? I said, look, this is another reason I don't think I can marry, besides the fact that you're six feet tall. Um, I don't feel it in my bones. I don't, when I read those Hallmark cards, that is not how I feel about you. I don't, this is not. And he said to me, Rhea, there's one thing I know about you, and that's that you are going to change. I don't know how, I don't know what it's gonna look like, but that's who you are. And Rhea, in 20 years, I don't think it's gonna matter if you felt it in your bones today or not. And somehow that and my parents' idea of building made me feel that maybe we could build something together. Something difficult, trying, crazy, and always impossible. And I will now tell you, as I close, that in August, been married 20 years, <laughs> brick by brick, and heart by heart. <laughs> Thank you.